Have you ever wondered about human design? Have you wondered what it is or the concept or how it might help you learn more about yourself? Well, today is a very special podcast because I have somebody who has been in my life uh, at least since 2016. We met via social media. Her name is Lauren Francois. She is a mindset coach, money mindset individual, has helped me many times throughout the years from a mindset perspective. But this year, she dove into something very special, and that is human design. She initially did my reading back in March of 2023 when she was learning about human design, and then I rehired her this fall to do a reading with me, my husband, and my daughter. And it has really been an eye-opener of learning how we are inherently meant to be and how it can impact all the things from productivity to your personal life to your family relationships. Um, So I am excited to dive into today's episode. So let's get to it. Welcome to the Being Better Everyday podcast, where we make your days more peacefully productive while you're juggling all the things. I'm your host, Julie Wenslick, a millennial mom, finance professional, and founder of PW Designs. I know that as a mom, business owner, corporate girly, or a combination of all three like myself, sometimes life can feel like a lot. With the simplicity and systems and being better every day, we create habits and routines that support your life, create calm in the chaos, and put the you back in your everyday. Grab those headphones, put on your shoes, and join me on a walk while we dig in to today's episode. Lauren, welcome to the podcast. Um, Thank you. (laughs) Yes, it is awesome to have you on. We have been in each other's orbits at least since 2018, but I I don't know 100% for sure. I remember following you on Instagram, like when you were pregnant with Mason, (laughs) which was 2016. (laughs) So yeah, longer (laughs) with your first child. Um, So I know we're going to dive into human design today and because it's been something that you brought forward to me about a year ago and has certainly brought some clarity. I know me and my best friend have also geeked out on it. But before we do that, besides the fact that we've been in each other's orbit since 2016, give me a little background of like who you are for people who don't know you. Sure. So my name is Lauren Francois. I am a mom of two. So I have a son, Mason, who is in first grade, and I have a daughter, Avery, who is in pre-kindergarten. So I am going through a transition this year. This is the first year since 2016 that I have had no children home with me during the week. I was lucky enough to be able to stay home and work from home while my kids were young, but both of them are now in school full-time. So we are navigating that transition. But uh, a little bit about me, I have worked in a variety of careers. I started out working in corporate America for three years after graduating from college. And then I quickly learned that corporate America was not my Mm -hmm. cup of tea. And so I transitioned out of corporate America and I worked for my family's business for five years, which was or still is a construction business. So I went from corporate America to like smaller family business, working in the construction industry with lots and lots of men. And I did that for five years. And then while I was doing that, I met my now husband, 
I moved away from where our family business was. And so I knew eventually that that career was going to come to an end because I wasn't going to be able to step into the role the way that I had envisioned when I first started. And so, you know, right around that time when I moved away and I really saw that career kind of coming to a close, I knew that I wanted to do something that I was more passionate about. And we'll talk about that within human design. That's a really important thing. Um, I knew I wanted to do something that I was really passionate about. I knew that I wanted more freedom, which is also a part of my human design and very important within my specific human design. I need a lot of freedom. I knew that I, I wanted to work from home. I live in a very small town in Northern Wisconsin. And so there just wasn't a lot of opportunity for me in, you know, the areas that I had experience in. So I knew I I probably was going to be doing something from home. I wanted that freedom. I wanted to do something I was passionate about. And I really wanted, you know, to just be in control of my time when, whenever I got married and we decided to have kids, because I knew that was going to be a really big priority for me. So that led me to network marketing. And I, discovered network marketing in the summer of 2014. And despite, you know, other people's opinions of network marketing, I knew that it was for me. I, it was with a company that was doing things that I was super passionate about. I could work from home. I could make a great income. I could have complete control over my time. I knew it was a good fit. So I dove into that business in 2014. And that was really my entry into entrepreneurship. So for two years, I worked both for Mm -hmm. my family's business and building my network marketing business on the side. And within two years, I had built that up to uh, the income that I was making with my career, with my family's business. And so I was able to quit that job and just do network marketing. And that kind of transpired while I was pregnant. So the timing of it was just so beautiful because when I went into becoming a mom, I was already fully working from home. I was completely in control of my time. And so it was just this this wonderful transition. And I did network marketing solely for six years. Well, four years after that. So I uh, grew my network marketing business until about 2020. And in 2020, I, there were some things that transpired and, you know, 2020 was that wonderful year. And, uh, just some I things that transpired. <laughs> there were just some things that transpired in 2020. Actually, nothing that like negatively impacted my business though. You know, a, a big conversation we had around that time was uh, a lot of us that were in the network marketing business I was in was how lucky we felt and yeah. how grateful we were that that's what we did because um, the business we were in really lended itself to the environment of 2020. And so I actually saw my business grow during that time period. And I felt like my life wasn't really interrupted that much. My kids weren't yet in school at that time. I was already working from home. I, you know, so there were a lot of things that didn't change for me when, when 2020 happened, but Uh, Throughout that year, I decided that I kind of wanted to shift away from network marketing a little bit and be just more in control of my business. I wanted to put out my own products. I wanted to be just be in more control. And so I 
decided to launch my own coaching business. And I did that in October of 2020. I had uh, my first six-figure year in 2021. I had another six-figure year in 2022. And what I did was I was coaching primarily other female entrepreneurs or career women, career women. Um, and I was basically doing a combination of life coaching and business coaching with a heavy focus on mindset. And I was really helping them kind of create the lives and businesses or the lives and careers that they desired and really looking at what was standing in the way of them doing that and addressing those things. So I did that uh, for the last couple of years. And then in the spring of this year, or I think it was around like February, February, yeah. March, I discovered human design. And well, I shouldn't say I discovered human design. I had heard about human design before I had had my chart read. Uh, I think it was last year in 2022, I had my chart read, but I never really like dove into it deeply. I, it was very surface level. Honestly, looking back now that I know human design, I wish that the person that had read my chart had done a better job because yeah. I feel like, um, I just didn't grasp the, the depth of human design when she did it. But I was in a course that went deeper into human design and I just fell in love. So my, my background, my bachelor's of science is in psychology. And so coaching, life coaching, habit creation, mindset, human behavior, all of that is, has always been a huge, huge, huge interest of mine and human design falls right in there with that. It's like an extension of that. And so it made sense that that was something that I gravitated towards that I was really, really passionate about. And so I decided to, you know, get certified in human design to become a human design coach. And here we are. <laughs> it, it, and, and if I look at our, it sounds not weird to say journey, but <laughs> our journey together, right. I joined, um, under you from network marketing in 2019, but I had been following you clearly for years. And do you remember why I joined under you? I told you, but I don't know if you ever would remember it. I don't no. remember. <laughs> so I still think it's funny to this day. One of the reasons that I joined with you was because you weren't pestering me. <laughs> <laughs> I actually got that response a lot. <laughs> <laughs> and and I was using the products already for years. I mean, and so it was just like, well, you know, she knows what she's doing and I don't want to be pestered. <laughs> um, but that, you know, I joined uh, uh, as a partner in, in 2019. And then I actually hired you as a business coach in 2021, um, mm -hmm. where we, you know, I it was just the start of PNW Designs. That was the first year of doing it. You were the one that pushed me to form my LLC um, and actually treat it as a business. We spent yeah. a lot of our time doing things outside of, of business work. Um, like you said, you focus on mindset work too. And it, I feel like I intended to hire you for one thing <laughs> and then you pushed me to like really look at my personal life instead. Um, yeah, but really you were, happen. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean, you, you were think one you of... need someone for something and then all these other things come up. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you were one of my catalysts for this whole concept of being better every day, right? That learning and growing and 
kind of really looking at what I actually want versus what I think I should want. And then obviously human design, right? I was one of your guinea pigs <laughs> for that in the spring and then yeah. rehired you this fall to do me, my husband and my daughter so that we have our charts for our entire family. And it's been fun because the Jen, who has been a guest on this podcast, also had her family all done. So all eight of us have our charts. And so we've been uh, able to compare and, and contrast. And it's been really fun to dive into it together. So, you know, you already kind of talked about when you discovered human design, but let's back up and explain what is human design for people who don't know what it is. Yes. So human design is basically a roadmap to your unique energy. And people like to call it the science of individuality, the science of differentiation. Human design really says that we are all completely unique individuals. We all are have different nuances to us. Our energy all works in slightly different ways. And I like to think of it as like a personality, you know, you know about like the Enneagram and you know about some of these other like more personality based um, systems. I think human design is much more encompassing, like all encompassing than that. So I think it's like a personality system on steroids. It, it <sighs> takes into account um, it's a, well, it's a combination of the Kabbalah tree of life, the chakra system, the E Ching, there's astrology associated with it. So you have a lot of the more like Eastern um, philosophies associated with it. Then you have like astrology that's looped in, but then you also have um, neuroscience, you have biomechanics, you have quantum physics. And so I think it's this beautiful combination of East and West. It's, it like brings all of these things together to give you a picture of who you were born to be. And I think that's the really mm -hmm. cool thing. It's like, it's this, uh, the way it's set up is it shows you who you were designed to be at birth. And along the way, we pick up all this conditioning, right? We yeah. pick up conditioning from society, from ancestral beliefs, from our parents and their beliefs, from the environments we're in. And so I think, human design really brings you back to and shows you like who you were always meant to be at your core. And I know for me, diving into my human design has felt like, I always tell this to people, like when I look at my human design, it finally feels like I understand why I am the way I am. Like mm -hmm. when I read it, it's like, oh, well, that makes sense. Like, that's why I do that. Or that's why I think this way. Or that's why I struggle with this. And so it makes me feel really seen. It it makes me feel really understood. And it also shows me where I've kind of straight off course, right? Where I yeah. have picked up that conditioning and where I'm operating in a way that I'm not actually meant to operate in. And the whole idea behind human design is that when you're operating in alignment with your unique human design, that's when you're going to create the most set, the most success, 
the most wealth, the most joy, the most happiness, the most abundance, that's when you're going to create the most ease within your life because you're operating the way that you were always meant to operate. You're being the person you were always meant to be. And I think that is such a beautiful thing. And for me, even learning, I mean, there's two things that come up for me talking through human design. It's learning about, so for example, for my spouse, right? Learning that things that may drive me nuts about him are actually a part of his human design. And it's given me pause to be able to accept those traits more because they're not mine, right? We have very different charts um, and, and therefore, okay, maybe he is meant to operate this way and I just need to kind of learn how to deal with it, which I'm sure we'll get into. And then the other thing is for me, you know, you were talking about operating and and living in your human design as i've learned i'm a projector and and you can explain what that is but as as i've learned to rest this year and if i look back this year versus last year i mean even though i'm still running a business and working full time i every single day take time to slow down and just read or sit in a bubble bath or like just what I call veg, right? Like be unproductive. And <laughs> that has been how I feel like I'm home, right? And it, it, the more and more I do it, the more and more I'm like, this feels right to mm-hmm. just slow down. So, mm-hmm. I mean, that's another example for me of just how it's given me clarity and acceptance to be able to say that I can do that because I'm a personality that doesn't feel like I should rest. Mm-hmm. And that I need to be productive all the time. You know, you were talking about going deep in human design, but let's just start from the basics. There's five pers- uh, types, correct? Yes. Yep. So just kind of piggybacking off of what you were saying, I think under I think it's really important to understand the human designs of the important people around you. Yeah. So Julie talked about having me read her chart, her husband and her daughter. I know my children's charts and my husband's chart. I know, you know, I've read charts. I love reading charts for uh, partners and for families, because I think that, again, we're all so unique. And a lot of times we don't, we don't understand the things about the people in our lives that are different than us because they're different. And we try to change people to be more like us when they're not necessarily meant to be like us. Correct. And so I think understanding human design makes you a more empathetic person in yes. general. I think you, it makes you more empathetic. I think it makes you more accepting of people and why they are the way they are. And that doesn't give an excuse for bad behavior, right? Like, I, th- I think we all have work to do and, but that has to, you know, that kind of work has to be initiated from within. No, you can't, you can't force someone to go on a self-discovery journey, but yeah, I think it makes you a more empathetic person. I think it helps you understand why the people in your life are the way they are, how they're similar to you, how they're different from you, why they're different from you, um, why you should let them be different than you <laughs> instead of trying to like, <laughs> change people, you know, and make them more like you. So that makes you feel more comfortable. But yeah, so human design, you can go super, super deep. You don't have to though. Like most experts say that if you focus on just a few things within your human design, 
it can make life a life-changing impact. So there are five types within human design and the type is like the most broad level that you can get within your human design. And this is like basically taking all of the people of the world and saying they're one of five types of people. Yeah. And again, we're talking about energy here. So this is uh, the way that you're meant to show up energetically in this world. So the types are a manifester, a generator, a manifesting generator, which is a combination of those first two, a projector and a reflector. I'm personally a manifesting generator. Julie is a projector. We have very, 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 very different energies, <laughs> very different energies. So I'll start with, do you want me to explain the types quickly? Or Yeah, or at least okay. like the difference. I mean, even if we just compare you as a manifesting generator and me as a projector. Okay, um, maybe we can, because I know you wanted to dive into like productivity yeah. and how your type affects productivity. So maybe I can explain it in that sense. Yeah. Okay, so I'll start with, I'll start with me because I'm a manifesting generator. So a manifesting generator of all the types is the type that has the most energy. <laughs> so we have the energy of a manifester. We also have the energy of a generator. And I'm going to tell you what those two are. But combined, that gives us the most energy of any type. So manifesting generators are the people who run circles around everybody else. We're the ones who are multitasking to the nine, ninth degree. We are multi-passionate. We love learning about a bunch of different things. We're always doing something. We have the energy. We're go, 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 go. Uh, we move very quickly, very quickly, sometimes to our detriment. We like to skip steps because we're in such a rush. <laughs> Um, but we have all of this energy to work and we like to work on a lot of different things. We like to check things off our to-do list. We like to learn. Um, and, and so we can work, we can work and it's good for us to work. The thing with manifesting generators is, well, the thing with pretty much any type is it's really important that you're working on things that light you up. And so you, you're going to get drained if you're doing things that don't light you up. And I think this is really important in career, right? And this yeah. is very different from our parents' generation. With our parents' generation, it was very much about like work is work. Like you just work. Like you have to work. You just work. Work is work. And that's changed. That's changed yeah. with our generation. And work isn't just work anymore. Work, it's important. According to human de design, it's really important that you're working in a field that you're passionate about, that your work lights you up. Because when you're working on things that you're passionate about, especially as a manifesting generator or a generator, um, that actually recharges your energetic battery. So we're the people who can get lost in like a flow and work for like 12 hours straight. And it'll feel like, like that. Like when I get into like a flow, the time goes by so fast. And that actually gives me more energy. That work gives me more energy. So that's a manifesting generator. Let's talk about manifestors and generators since their um, MG is a combo of those two. So a manifester has less energy than a manifesting generator. Manifestors are the initiators. They're the leaders. They're the trailblazers. They're the ones who are, who are always two steps ahead they're often mis misunderstood because they're not doing what everyone else is doing. They're not meant to do what everyone else is doing. They're meant to lead us in new directions, lead us down new paths. And so 
they are, they will initiate. You'll see them initiating a lot, but they do not have the energy to see something through all the way to the end. So manifestors are really here to like get us going in new directions and initiate and, and initiate. But then there's a point in which they release what they're doing to generators. Now, generators have the energy to see things through to completion. So of the five types, manifest, manifesting generators have the most energy. Generators have the second most amount of energy. Manifestors would be the third. So generators are really like the workhorses of the the collective. And they are also meant to work on things that really light them up. If they're working on things that really light them up, much like manifesting generators, that recharges their battery, but they can work. Um, they're different from manifesting generators in the fact that they tend to focus more on one thing and they become the expert in that one thing. They go really, really deep with that one thing and they're the person known for that thing. Whereas MGs are kind of bouncing all around. They know, they know, they know stuff about a lot of things <laughs> and once that's you, like their gift. <laughs> I feel like once you know about human design, you can easily pick out many gens, oh, <laughs> like, yeah. especially in the online space. <laughs> so oh, yeah, we're, we're all over the place. And to a lot of other people, it looks very chaotic. <laughs> what we do looks very chaotic. It doesn't look like there's any system or rhyme or reason to what we're doing or how we're moving, but um, it makes sense to you. <laughs> it makes sense to us. So that's a generator. So generators are really meant to work also. So those are manifesting genders and generators are energy types. There are non-energy types. So a projector and a reflector are what are considered non-energy types. And so these two types are going to have less energy. They are not meant to work the way that a manifesting generator or a generator, or even sometimes a manifester is ma meant to work. Manifestors kind of lie in the middle. They like, you've mm. got the MGs and the generators, and then you've got the projectors and the reflectors and manifestors are kind of in the middle. But um, Julie's a projector. Projectors are not meant to work nine to five. <laughs> they are not, not meant to work in your typical like 40 hour work week job. They just don't have the energy for that. Ideally, a projector is meant to work like four hours a day max because their, their gift is not in the amount of work they can do. It's in the value they bring to their work. So they are, projectors are very deep. They're very wise. They're typically very, very knowledgeable in one specific area that they just get. They just naturally understand. They just see it in a way that others don't see it. And they're meant to bring that knowledge and that wisdom to the collective as a whole. But it's about quality for them, not quantity, right? So it's the quality of their work, not the quantity of their work. So a projector is not going to be working nearly as much as a manifesting generator or a generator. That doesn't mean that they're not going to have as large of an impact, right? We're all meant to show up in different ways. And when we all show up in the way we're meant to show up together is how we create magic. So everyone has their role that they play. 
And then the least energy type, if that's even like a thing, is a reflector. So a reflector is going to have the least amount of energy of any type. Um, Reflectors are super wise. They can pick up on um, like social trends before they're really happening. They can feel kind of what's going on in the collective as a whole. They can predict things that are going to happen because they can sense the energy that's going on. But they really also fall within that quality versus quantity field when it comes to work. Reflectors need a lot of rest. Projectors need a lot of rest typically because you just they don't have that um, that energy that flows from within their work doesn't recharge their battery right. the way that the work recharges the battery for a manifesting generator or a generator. So when we're talking about productivity, I think it's really, 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 really important that you understand your type because if you are a projector, which Julie is, who's trying to show up like a manifesting generator you are going to burn yourself out so fast. You're going to feel constantly disappointed in yourself because you're going to feel like, why can't I keep up? I can't get as much done as they can. I'm constantly exhausted. I'm constantly tired because I'm trying to do all the things and I just can't do all the things. And how can she do all the things? And why can't I do that? And so I think it's really like when we're talking about productivity and energy management, you have to know your type. Because each type is meant to show up very differently. For me, learning through being a projector, I think these last couple of years in corporate America have really been a blessing for me because pre-2020, I was going to the office five days a week and I was there from eight to 4.30 or five and I sat in front of my computer and didn't go for walks, didn't take breaks, just worked whatever the, the hours. And... Through 2020 and moving remote, I I have an office and I can go, but I would go, I go like maybe once a week to the office. I am able to lean into that a little bit more. And, And I think it's given me the ability to be confident in my value, not based on hours, but based on output and just like the numbers, right? So my job is very numbers based from a standpoint, it's measurable, I have a certain amount of clients. I have a certain amount of revenue. I have retention rates. I have sales rates. It's measurable. So mm-hmm. I'm able to now see on paper, and and this is something I've talked in previous episodes about, that I have a higher workload than every single person in my region. And I've also sold more than every retention consultant in my region in 2023. But hopefully my boss doesn't listen to this podcast. <laughs> it's like, But I work less than the average person in my position because I can see the efficiency, the systems, and I know my job well and I do it really well and I can do it in a point where I'm now not feeling guilty if I take a walk break, right? And people on my Instagram see I take a walk break every single day because that's my way of resting is Mm -hmm. I need to rest my brain in between meetings or when I'm on video for a long period of time, like I get very drained from, even though I love it, I still get drained. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of that projector energy where I'm just like, I still love what I'm doing, but it doesn't, I'm still done (laughs) after it. (laughs) Well, you don't have, and I know we haven't talked about this, but kind of one level below 
type is centers and there are nine centers within your human design and a center is basically just an energetic hub so there are nine energetic hubs within your body this is what mirrors the chakra system although there are only seven hubs within the chakra system there are nine within human design two of them were broken into two more split in half and so you have these nine energetic hubs and each hub holds a different kind of energy and so when we're talking about work recharging your battery that's called the sacral center the sacral center is your your center of life force energy of creativity of pleasure and it's also the largest motor center in your body so it's an energy generator so basically when you have that center defined which means that you have access to that kind of energy from within you that's when work recharges that battery when you're working on things that light you up it's recharging that sacral center battery and it's creating and more energy manifesting generators and generators have that sacral center defined every single manifesting generator and generator has that defined which is why we can work a lot because when we're working on things that light us up and it's why it's so important for us to work on things that light us up we recharge that battery projectors and reflectors and manifestors do not have that center defined which means that your work is not going to recharge your battery and so that's why you need more rest that's why you're not working as much is because you're just energetically you're meant to operate in a different way you know you had mentioned when you were talking about the types and and the type of work that they do I actually really think it could lend itself well to corporate America if people understood their types. Obviously, you're not, I work in finance. The majority of the people that I work with are males in their 50s, right? I'm not going to get them to (laughs) buy into this concept. It's just not going to (laughs) happen. But if it did, I can only imagine when you work with people and you could understand, you know, most likely there's a lot of manifestors or manygens that are CEOs, entrepreneurs, like those initiators, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And then the generators might be COOs or ops people or CFOs, right? Because they're the ones that are taking the vision of the CEO into actual work. Yeah. Doing. And Mm -hmm. then for me, it just, uh, when you explained my type, it just made so much sense because I just see things And it's really hard to explain to other people, but projectors are meant to take something existing and make it better, right? Mm -hmm. We're not the one creating the idea. We're the one making it better. Mm -hmm. And that is literally all I do (laughs) in my job and P&W Designs, like that I, even when we come, when it comes down to, if I help with brand design work for people, it's very hard for me to start from scratch on a brand design work. But if you have the starting point, I can easily make it better, right? Mm -hmm. And so- Mm -hmm. again, it's just been super helpful with that. The other thing that it's helped me accept, and I don't know how to explain this, but in a way that doesn't sound, but you've told me that my aura is not that friendly. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So 
So every type has an aura, which is like the general flavor of your energy, right? Like we're talking about energy. So the aura is the general flavor of your energy and projectors aura is very, very closed off. It, it doesn't have to be, it doesn't have to do with being friendly or not friendly. <laughs> it, it's how people feel in your presence. So it's just like the energy that they pick up on from you. And so a projector is very closed off in their aura and their aura is very penetrating. And that's because they are very deep and they're very wise. So you can see things in people that they often can't see within themselves or you can like, especially within your specific area, right? That you're an expert in. You can see things that other people can't see. That can be very, it can come across as very abrasive if it's not invited in because people haven't recognized that within themselves yet. Does that make sense? Yeah, that's 100% me. (laughs) So it's very important for projectors to be invited into the space, right? If they're going to be sharing their their knowledge, their wisdom, the, the things they're seeing, it's really, really important that they're first invited in to do that because otherwise people will put up their walls because they feel exposed. They feel like, whoa, like, wait a sec. (laughs) I have not acknowledged that within me yet, or I'm not ready to acknowledge this within me yet, or I'm not ready to, I'm not ready to make changes around this thing. Or it also could be like, you're just not the right person. The way as a projector, you also have a specific way that you do things and there's a million ways to do things. So it just might be that it's not the right fit in terms of the way you do something. And so that's why it's it's very important that you're first invited in. Otherwise, you're going to be wasting a lot of your precious energy trying to convince someone that's not ready for what you have to offer. And you don't want to do that. You don't want to be wasting the energy that you have on people who aren't ready for you. You want to be using that energy on people who are ready. Now, and just to kind of contrast that, since you're a projector and I'm a manifesting generator, a manifesting generator's aura is very open and it's open, it's sampling, it's magnetic. We are meant to draw things to us with our energy. And so it's just, again, it's just different roles that we play. And there's not like one type that's better than any other type. And there's not one way of being that's better. Um, And I think that's really important to understand because I know when I first learned about my type, I was like, really? Like there were just not my type of certain Certain parts of my design where I was like, God, it would be so much easier if I was just like the opposite of that, you know? And so sometimes we can be like, oh, I wish I wasn't that way. Or like, I wish I was a different way. But I think a really beautiful thing happens when you accept that that is how you were designed to be. And there's gifts in your design, right? Like every design holds its own gifts. And when we accept ourselves the way that we are and the way that we're meant to be, that's when we can truly excel because we're not fighting ourselves anymore. And for me, one of those is the center that holds worth. What what center is that? That's the ego center. Okay. Um, 
Yeah, because then that energy is self-worth, self-value, whether you're meant to show up in masculine or feminine energy, that's all associated with that center. And so my husband is defined in that Mm -hmm. he has an ego or defined ego center. And I think I'm undefined or open one of the two where, so explain the difference there, because I felt like that was a really good example for me of something I've struggled with and, and something we worked on with coaching in 2021 of, of me really struggling with feeling worthy, which I, I know a lot of women struggle with and the, kind of that difference. So the ego center is unique. It is the most undefined center in the entire human design system. And again, when I say, let me explain defined versus undefined. Yeah, true. <laughs> if you are defined in a center, that means that you generate that kind of energy from within you. And so you have consistent access to that kind of energy that that hub holds. You're generating it from within. If you're undefined, it means you're not generating it from within. You are picking up on that kind of energy from the people around you and the environments that you're in. So it's whether it's coming from within you or whether you're picking it up from outside of you is really defined versus undefined. So the ego center is the center of, uh, it's the center of force. It's the center of competition. It's also the center of self-worth and self-value. And when it's defined, it's a very, it's also the center of desire. So when it's defined, it's a very masculine energy center. So when you have the center defined, it means that you're meant to have a desire. You can push yourself to consistently take action towards that desire and you are meant to get what you want. The problem is, is that 65% of the population does not have this center defined. It is undefined, which means we do not have a consistent access to willpower, force, or self-worth from within us. And so if you're someone who struggles with consistency, showing up in the same way every day or like pushing yourself to do something, there's a million reasons that could be the case. But one thing you could look at is your ego center. Is it defined or undefined? If it's undefined, consistency is going to look different for you. It's not going to necessarily be you showing up and doing the same thing every single day. You know, we, in fitness, you talk a lot about consistency. You gotta right. be consistent, you gotta be consistent. And I think people think consistency is like, you gotta do it every day. And um, just the reality is that when you have this undefined, you're probably not gonna do it every day because your energy levels in that area are gonna be different every day. So in terms of consistency, we're talking about that. Um, So if you have this undefined, you're meant to operate more in your feminine energy, which is not forceful. It's more of that surrender energy. It's more of that receiving energy. It's relying on other people to help you. It's more of an ebb and flow. And then in terms of self-worth, if you have this defined, you're going to feel self-worth from within. You're going to have a consistent access to self-worth. And I know you and I talked about this because your husband does have this defined and you're like, he has worth, great self-value. He just, he feels worthy. He knows he's worthy, all these things. 
again, there's so much conditioning here, especially with women and society and the history of women and all these things. So it's not as simplistic as this, but if you have this undefined, you don't have consistent access to that self-worth from within you, which means that your feelings of self-worth are going to ebb and flow. Some days you're going to feel really worthy. Other days you're not going to feel worthy. And that's actually okay. The one, one thing that I told Julie is, You don't have to feel worthy in order to be worthy. We are all worthy. One of my favorite mentors says we're born worthy and nothing has changed. Like we're all worthy. We're all worthy of all the things that we desire. So you're worthy. It's just that when you have this undefined, you don't necessarily feel worthy every day. And that's okay. One of the things that holds a lot of women back is they think they have to feel worthy in order to receive the things they desire. You don't have to feel worthy all the time, especially if you have this undefined and you're not going to. So that's why it trips you up is because you feel like I'm supposed to feel worthy and I don't feel worthy, which means I'm not worthy, which means I've got work to do. So that's a really, really big one. That's one of the most heavily conditioned centers I've done. This is also the center of like proving yourself feeling like you need to prove yourself to be worthy, Um, enoughness, feeling like you're not enough. That's all associated with this one particular center. And I think it's the center that most women have to work on probably. Yeah. It's the work. It's the center I've worked on the most in terms of conditioning that I picked up along the way. And then I had to release in order to really like step into who I meant to be. I'm definitely still working on that. Um, <laughs> it's a, it's a con and you it's guys, a process. It, it's a process. It's always going to be a process. Like you definitely, like, I've definitely gotten to a point where I've released a lot of it, but it's a journey, right? Like, it's not like you do this work and then you're done. You just like one day you're just like, I'm done. I mean, like a, this is a lifelong journey that you're going on. And speaking of journeys, I feel like you're, you know, your changes that you're going to be making in 2024 are kind of even related to this, right? Of, of letting go of what you feel like you should be doing versus where you're feeling led. And I don't remember that. So on the chart and for those on video, I'm like using my hands, but on the chart, there's these numbers on the side. And I know you're going to have to explain the lingo, but like one of them is like your life's purpose before 39 or 38 ish. And then one's after. So what is the lingo of what that is and how has it led you to where you're going for 2024? So you have basically two life purposes in your lifetime. You have your life purpose up until about the age of like between 38 and 42. And then around that age, something has happens. And this is based on astrology. This is more like astrological, but, um, around that time frame, your life purpose shifts. And so when you're looking at your human design, can I share my screen since you have a YouTube video? Yeah. Let me just share my screen because this will make a lot more sense if you guys can see it. Okay. So hello, this is me. This is my human design chart. So this is what a human design chart looks like. (laughs) These are the centers. These shapes that we were talking about. Um, If a center is colored in, that means it's defined. If it's not colored in or it's white, that means it's open. And then here's the astrology side. So you have this side, which is your personality design and this side, 
which is your subconscious design. So you could look at this as like your conscious design and this is your subconscious design. So we're also including like psychology here. But within the astrology, there's something called your North Node and your South Node. And your life purpose up until that age of like 38 to 42 lies within your South Node. And then what happens in between that age range, it's called the Uranus opposition, your life purpose flips and it becomes your North Node. And so, you know, the last really year and a half or so, I have felt very just not aligned with what I was doing anymore. And when I learned about this Uranus opposition, I am 38. I turned 38 this year. And when I learned about this Uranus opposition, I was like, okay, you know, maybe this has something to do with it. Apparently, like my life purpose can start shifting around this age. And so I really have dove into these two nodes and understanding them. And when I looked at them, especially the South node, because that's the one that's been my life purpose up to this point. I even showed a close friend and she was like, that is so freaky how (laughs) much that is you. So I'm going to read it for you guys. But before I do, I just want to quick talk about the conscious versus the unconscious. So within human design, like I said, there's these two sides right here, black and red. And your human design is really a combination of the two. It's a combination of your conscious side and your unconscious side. But you can actually split your design into two. So you can look at like the conscious side of your design and you can look at the unconscious side of your design. The conscious side of your design is how you is like your conscious understanding of you. It's like who you think you are. And the unconscious side of your design is how other people see you. And the craziest thing is, is that they can be very different. (laughs) So I actually split mine. So my conscious design is, which is a generator with only two centers defined. My unconscious design is a manifesting generator. Um, And then again, your full design is a combination of the two. So I just wanted to explain that because I'm going to talk about conscious versus unconscious here with regards to this North versus South node. So my conscious North node or South node is um, an instinctual knowing of what other people are capable of. It has a sixth sense of potential and always has a hunch on who is reliable for different tasks holds an instinctual memory and is designed to operate based on instincts, not logic or facts when making decisions. So when we're talking about this specific type of energy and instinctual knowing of what other people are capable of, I have been a coach for the last nine years. Like that is what my passion was, was to help people see what they're capable of, to help them create the kind of life that they ultimately desired. So that was very, very, very in alignment for me. On the unconscious side, it's the capacity for creativity and this desire for self-expression, which again was very in alignment with what I was doing. I was running my own business. I was expressing myself through my business, through social media, through how I was showing up. Um, It says this is an artist and is rooted in individuality. It attracts attention, but also needs to work alone to connect to its creativity. Um, So this was very much when I read it, I was like, yes, that is what I have been doing for a long time. But then when I went and read my North Node, they're very, very, very different. 
So on the conscious side, my North node is processing and solving mysteries. It rationalizes mental concepts and finds the answers. The highest expression doesn't search for answers, but allows them to flow. So this is very much like wanting to learn and wanting to understand. And, you know, if I think about my human design <laughs> human design, and wanting to learn and understand my human design and solve those mysteries and do that for other people, that's very much in alignment with this. Yeah. But the one that really, really floored me was this unconscious side. This is called the gate of reception, and it represents the true feminine essence. It holds a flair for innovation and guidance. You innately know when things or people no longer serve you. The highest frequency is being in your feminine essence, but not lost. The feminine needs the masculine to be oriented in reality. So the feminine essence is really about receptivity. It's about openness. It's about allowing yourself to be taken care of. It is about flow. It's about surrender. It's about, um, you know, we think about the feminine. It's about taking care of people. And so this is very, 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 very different than what my South Node was. And so prior to understanding this, I felt like I was kind of going through like a, a bit of a crisis yeah. in terms of like, why doesn't what I'm doing feel aligned anymore? What is wrong with me? Why does it not feel the same? And as I dove into this, it really helped me gain, gain clarity on why I was feeling how I was feeling and where I'm really meant to go from here. So, you know, this is obviously much, 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 much more detailed than right. types or centers, but this is there's so much information that's held within your human design. And I think that we didn't even really talk about centers. Centers is kind of the level below type. Then you get into like these things, the gates, um, which are just even more specific types of energy. And I don't know, the deeper I go, the more I want to know. And I yeah, think that that's has a how lot I feel to too. do with this, like mysteries, solving mysteries and understanding things. Um but it has really, really helped me to align myself in a direction that feels right for me. Yeah. And I admire the fact that like knowing you for a while now and and seeing the pivot, right? And seeing, I felt like we had such parallel paths and like success driven and, you know, just doing all the things. And now it's, it's, really cool to see you lean into like you said that feminine energy and that thing that I would mm -hmm. say doesn't come naturally to me uh, and probably doesn't come as naturally to you at least historically and now you feel like it's coming to you it's there <laughs> so, yes <laughs> um actually need to wrap this up but I you know I hope this conversation has given people at least a little bit of a look in as far as how human design can help you really understand you that helps you understand how you should work with others, how it might impact your productivity. I mean, I, I, I even was on a retreat a couple of weeks ago and the woman that I was with, she didn't know her human design and I looked it up quick and I was like, I bet you your XYZ type. And I was totally right <laughs> because I can just like, you can start to tell, right? At least on the oh, high yeah. level, the type at, and especially generators where they're like, they could be doing the same thing for the rest of their lives and be happy with it. Right? 
So last question before we wrap up and I'm, I'm late to another meeting, but it <laughs> is as we pivot, you know, what the purpose of this podcast is, is being better every day. And for you, I feel like it definitely has tied into your, your human design journey, but what does being better every day mean to you as you look at your life and, and going into 2024? I think being better every day means that you're constantly growing and evolving. You're constantly trying to become a better person. I'm constantly working on myself. I don't think being better every day means you're doing more or you're being more productive or you're being more right. efficient. I think being better every day really is more of an inner journey and a self-reflection. And I think that human design can really, really help you do that. Because I think that when you understand yourself and when you understand why you are the way you are, what areas you have work to do, then you can do that work. You can do the work to be better every day. And, you know, I just want to encourage you guys to not be scared to pivot to not be scared to jump into this work. I think sometimes people get really nervous about this kind of yeah. work. Yes, it takes a, a radical level of self-responsibility. Like you have to really be willing to like look at yourself and every aspect of yourself and the good parts of, not the good and the bad because I don't think, I don't think of it that way anymore. Just like, I guess the more, um, you have to be looking at, willing to be look at the shadow sides of yourself, the ego side of yourself, those like qualities that you don't necessarily want other people to see. But I think that, yeah, human design gives you a blueprint. It gives you a roadmap on that journey to becoming the person that you were always meant to be. And if you're on that journey, you're going to be better every day. That's a wrap. I had to jump on to another meeting. So now you see the wrap up. And for those of you on video, it is just me. But once again, thank you, Lauren, for spending time with me today, for educating those on human design. If you this is a new concept to you, hopefully you learned something that helps you, you know, be curious about what it is and how you can learn for yourself. In the show notes, I have linked Lauren's link to do a human design reading for her. You can also find free resources online to just generate your chart. But again, as she had mentioned in the episode, it's super important that you understand more than just the basics, right? And so she can help you really dive in, uh, understand all where you're defined and undefined, your gates, etc. So I encourage you to do that. The other thing that I am linking in the show notes for those of you who do want to read up on your own is a book that I have picked up called Your Human Design, Discover Your Unique Life Path and How to Navigate It with Purpose. So I will link this book because it's been something that I've really enjoyed and it's easy to understand. Thank you for listening in and let me know what questions you have over on Instagram. Thank you for listening to today's episode of the Being Better Everyday podcast. To see any visuals, head over to my YouTube channel. Links, socials, and resources mentioned can always be found in today's show notes. I truly appreciate you leaving a rating and review to help me reach more women looking to build systems to be peacefully productive. If you are looking for more, you can always find me on Instagram at julie.pwdesigns, sharing the behind the scenes of my everyday life as a millennial mom, corporate girly, and small business owner. Until next time, keep on taking one step at a time towards your version of being better every day.